So last week I, I started uh, the book of Daniel. So today I want to continue on in the book of Daniel because it is quite interesting to me. Uh, several of the events that happen in uh, Daniel that we very often overlook. We, we focus on uh, Daniel purposing, which was the title of the last one. Uh, we, we focus on the lion's den. We focus on the fiery furnace. But the book of Daniel is just flat filled with miracles and and faith, not just of Daniel, but of the four Hebrew boys, of the kings, the conversion of Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, the book of Daniel is filled outside of the last six uh, chapters of prophecy with, with, with things that can shake the world uh, if folks actually knew about them. So we're going to go to Daniel 2. And we're going to start in verse 1, and it says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. He couldn't sleep because of this dream. It, it, it troubled him. We've all had those. Uh, then the king commanded to call the magicians, and the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. All right. So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He's a powerful king. He just overthrew uh, Babylon. He's now king of most of the known world. Uh, or, I'm sorry. He just overthrew Israel, not Babylon. And he is now king of most of the known world. And as he's laying in bed one night, he has a dream. We all do that. We all have dreams. We all wake up from them. Sometimes we remember them. Sometimes we don't. But this one, this one was odd for him because it so troubled his spirit that he remembered how much it troubled him, but he did not remember the details of the dream. That's interesting. So what he does is he calls together his sorcerers. He calls his astrologers. He calls his Chaldeans. He calls uh, the magicians. Everybody who claims to be able to interpret dreams, he calls them together and says, Tell me what this dream meant. But, and here's the kicker, you have to tell me what the dream was first and then tell me what the dream meant. Now, most of these guys were fakes and frauds. and uh, So they really had no idea what the dream was. And so they say, um, oh, king, live forever. Tell us and we will show the interpretation. And they said, the second time after he says, um, it's gone for me, they say, tell us and we will show you the interpretation. And the king says, I know of a certainty that she would gain time. So he's he's knowing that they need time. They don't know what's going on. He's knowing that they, they need time to try and play him a little bit because he's taking them for con men at this point, which they were. So the Chaldeans answered, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. So there's not a man, according to the Chaldeans, on the face of the earth who can show what the king's dream was. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things that any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. So what they're doing now is saying nobody 
can do this. Nobody can tell you what your dream was, so nobody would even think of asking us this question. And Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you're requiring quite the rare thing. There's none can show you except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Uh-oh, Daniel and his fellows are wise men of Babylon. Uh, oh, therefore, they're going to have to be killed too. So Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel, once again, going to the king's guard saying, hey, guys, help me. King's off on a rant. I can fix this. Give me some time. So he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is this decree so hasty from the king? Arioch is now telling Daniel what's going on. Daniel goes in, desires of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king interpretations. So Daniel's going in saying, I can tell you what it is and I can interpret it, but I need time. Just give me a little bit of time and I will take care of this for you. So Daniel went to his house, okay? So he, he's gone before Nebuchadnezzar. He says, give me some time. I will tell you what you dreamed. I will tell you the interpretation. God will tell me, and I will pass it on to you. Daniel has a lot of faith right here, and he's putting a snack on the line. So Daniel goes to his house, and he made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they later become known, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning a secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision, and Daniel blessed God for blessing him. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings, he setteth up kings, he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that uh, no understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth within him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou, God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desire to thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. So Daniel gets the answer to the prayer, to the saving of his neck, and he thanks God. He praises God. He gives all the glory and all the credit to God because this could not have gone from, come from anywhere except from God. So anytime you get a blessing, you make sure that you lift your voice and you praise God and you thank God and you give all the credit to God for nothing we do comes or uh, is uh, be, without him. There is nothing we do positive. So therefore Daniel went unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. So the king's guard is supposed to be killing the wise men of Babylon. Daniel is now interceding. Uh, God has blessed him with the answer. So now he's interceding for the other wise men, saying, Hey, don't kill them. I can solve this. Hang on. So Daniel is now protecting the con men. Uh, he, Daniel's a really good man, let me tell you, because <laughs> later on it comes back to bite him. Uh, so Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. And the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, his, his uh, Babylonian name was Belteshazzar, art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? 
And Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, which should come to pass hereafter. And he that revealed the secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. Now, here's Daniel. Once again, he's giving credit to God. In uh, Daniel 2.30, he says, But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. God wants Nebuchadnezzar to know that Nebuchadnezzar is being blessed by God. God wants Nebuchadnezzar to know that he is being blessed greatly by God and that these things are because God has blessed him. There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, the latter days of his reign. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. So he's given not just, not just is he given him the dreams, the details of the dream. He's given him the location and what he was doing at the time of the dream, which Daniel has had none of that information yet. Remember, this is the first time he's actually talked to the king. He's talked to the king's guard, but this is the first time he's talked to the king. So he doesn't have all of this information that he is now telling Nebuchadnezzar. So this means that he really does have the answers. But he is giving the credit. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. So God is telling Daniel this so that Nebuchadnezzar might know himself. It's being used as a witness to Nebuchadnezzar that he might know himself, which that's, a, that's, to me, I'm sorry, that's just very, very interesting. All right, so Daniel 2.31. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest that, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together. It became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. So everybody knows the, the statue that Nebuchadnezzar, but now this is the dream, not the statue, okay? So Nebuchadnezzar is having a dream that he might know himself. God's trying to tell him something, and he gave Daniel the wisdom to know the dream and the interpretation and to be a witness for him to Nebuchadnezzar. So now that he has been told what the dream is, Daniel is about now to get into what the dream means. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all, 
Thou art this head of gold. So Nebuchadnezzar is the king of kings. At this point in time, he rules all of the known world, and God has given it to him. And after thee, now we're back to the Bible, after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as much, or shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of the iron, And part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, <laughs> and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king said unto Daniel of a truth, it is. Now this, I've always considered this very important right here. So I'm going to start the verse again, but I want you to remember right here what, what uh, Nebuchadnezzar says. Um, when he, sa he says, the king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal the secret. Nebuchadnezzar was just shown a dream that nobody knew the details of, but Daniel had the details. Daniel had the interpretation. Daniel told him that there is a God in heaven, and that this God is the God trying to talk to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar says, your God. So he's, he's recognizing that there is a God. He recognizes everything Daniel said, but he is not recognizing him as the God, or I should say, as his God. Okay? Um, so your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. So not only was he given a secret to reveal, not only has he acknowledged that God is a God of gods, although there is only one, and a Lord of kings. Yes, he is the Lord of all the kings on the face of the earth, but he is a revealer of secrets. But the king has said he is still your God. Very interesting Nebuchadnezzar still doesn't understand. So, uh, Daniel 2.48. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him a ruler or made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. So Daniel has done something that the wise men, the Chaldeans, the magicians, the astrologers, 
All of those folks said that can't be done. He got the answer to what the dream was. He interpreted the dream to the king. And now Daniel is sitting in the gate of the king. He is right there in the king's palace all the time. He's solely dedicated to the king. And he has taken his boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the ones that were praying with him, searching for an answer, the one that's per the ones that purposed in their hearts to stay true with Daniel in the first chapter. And he decided to take and he put them over the province of Babylon so he could be there with the king. Very interesting. But I, th I think the, 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 the biggest point of this whole thing is Nebuchadnezzar was shown a dream, an impossible act was done in front of him, in front of him, in that Daniel received what the dream was, where he was when he had the dream, and the interpretation of the dream, something no man could ever do. God did. And he is saying, your God, Daniel, not my God. Nebuchadnezzar is not converted yet, but we'll get to that because he does. And when he does, it is in fantastic fashion, of course. Nebuchadnezzar does absolutely nothing small. So we're going to leave off here, but this is chapter two, and this is another miracle. See, so in the first chapter, Daniel purposed, okay? In the first chapter, Daniel and, and, and the three Hebrew boys, they purposed to stay true and faithful to God. And it worked for him. It's paying off here in the next chapter. In this chapter, Daniel prayed, and he prayed because his neck was on the line. But notice, when his neck was on the line, he also stood up for the other folks because they couldn't have this answer. They could not answer this question. Daniel stood and said, don't kill them. I will I will take the responsibility for everybody. That's a man right there. That's a good man right there. He stood up and said, they can't help you. I can, but spare them. He knew that they didn't know what they were doing. He knew that, but they didn't know any better. He did, and he's trying to help them out. Now, so the next chapter... That's the chapter where we get into the, the statue, but we'll do that next week. But it's interesting when you go through the book of Daniel and you see all the miracles. Because, you know, we, we hit the high points. High point, high point, high point. But just as in the book of Jonah where the miracles are eight, nine, ten miracles in one book and we only focused on the whale. And Daniel, there's so much going on here. God was so manifested, so powerful, but it wasn't just in the fiery furnace. It just wasn't just in the, the, the Hebrew boys standing fast for him. There were so many ways that God manifested himself in the book of Daniel. And so that's what we're going to get into. And the next time we get together, one of the next few times we get together will be Daniel chapter three. So have a great week and I will see you later. Thank you.